love that. That was a video, just so you know, from Project Soul just a few weeks ago, and I love to celebrate what God is doing in our church, but also through your generosity and the fact that, yeah, 440, uh, what did it end up being? 445, two, two, 442, they added some students along the way. We have 442 students. Not only did we do it that day, but there were kiddos that were absent, and so our team was able to go back literally the next Monday and put them on 20-something students' feet that next week. Uh, as well. So I just want to tell you because of your generosity that God is doing some incredible stuff right here at Purpose Church. Thank you, thank you, thank you for believing in the vision of this place. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you mind standing to your feet? we got some spiritual aerobics today. Come on, somebody, uptown today. If you want to grab your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2. We love to all stand in honor of God's Word. We just love to do that. I'm going to give you a second to get there. Genesis chapter 2, awesome. If I've never met you before, my name is Dustin. I get the chance to lead here with my wife, Allie, and our family, our four babies. We get the opportunity to lead here at Purpose Church. and just so thankful for you today. Genesis chapter 2, we're going to read five verses together. We're in a series called It's Complicated. Come on, tap your neighbor say, It's Complicated. Come on, tap your neighbor. You pick second say, Yo, it's complicated, all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's complicated, so we're talking about relationships. And so what I want to tell you about is that, guess what? Relationships are complicated. I think all of us would agree with that. And so I, I want to just take it back to the very beginning. We're going to take it back to the very first people that were ever created. And we're going to look at what relationships we can learn, some, some stuff we can learn from them. And so we're in Genesis chapter 2. If you're there, say, I'm ready. All right, if you need a second, say, hold up. I think we're ready to go. Genesis chapter 2, verse 20 is where we're going to be at. Here we go. This is what the Word of God says. It says this, that He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But the Bible says there was still no helper just right for Him. That's this guy by the name of Adam, just so you know. So the Lord God caused Adam, the, caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. Come on, we got the first anesthesia happening right here in Scripture. Come on, somebody. Put him to sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. The first successful surgery in the Bible. Come on, somebody, right? Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. And watch what the man exclaimed. Adam says this, this one is, at last, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called, and watch this, whoa, man. You imagine just a second, come on, my ADHD brain just going there, right? He's got this lady standing in front of him, and she's different than all these other animals. It's his wife, and she's standing there, and, and we're going to say it in just a second. She's naked in front of him. You know, he's saying, whoa, man, come on. Just my ADHD brain, just go with it, all right? Called her woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Watch this, it says in verse 25. Now the man and his wife were both naked. Come on, that's how we say in the South, right? Naked. Not naked, it's naked. And watch what the Bible says, though. They felt no shame. They felt no shame. And so I want to just talk to us today around this idea of don't jump ship. We'll talk about it in just a second. We'll talk about it. I want you to write it down when you have a seat. But let me pray for us, and then we'll jump in together. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. In Jesus' name that we pray, and everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, if you love Jesus all across this house, can we make a little bit of noise in the place as you have a seat? All right, good, 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 man. We're so glad you're here. And I'll just tell you, we're in this series called It's 
complicated. How many of us, just by a show of hands, wave at me and wave around like you just do care? Uh, just wave it in the air like you do care. You know relationships are complicated. Come on, wave at me if that's you. Yeah, I think whatever season of life you may find yourself in, and I'm not talking about just dating relationships. I'm not talking about just being a parent. I'm talking about all of it. It's all complicated, right? Every relationship that I have, it can be complicated. And I, I just believe that the Bible is so true and the Bible is so real that the Bible gives us incredible examples of relationship, and we're going to learn about it today, and I'm excited about that. But I just thought I would take you back a few years, and again, I know this week is Valentine's. Day. Anybody looking forward to some Valentine's Day? Anybody chocolates? Some strawberries? Some anybody? Okay, okay, cool. Okay, good. Uh, well, I want to take you back a few years in Allie's and my uh, dating relationship before we were married. Allie and I are celebrating 12 years of marriage this year. Come on, give it up for that woman right there putting up with this for 12 years, all right? We dated before that, and, and uh, I, I just remember this one time. We got invited by the Kirksey Baptist Youth Group to go on a canoe trip. Come on, somebody. Anybody know anything about canoeing? Anybody ever been canoeing before? Anybody ever been kayaking before? Okay, we thought, oh, yeah, this is cute right here, right? We all oh, the couples that paddle together stay together. Come on, somebody, right? We were thinking all of that. Oh, it's going to be great. I want to show you a picture of how the day started. This is a picture of Allie. Now, come on, look at them young bucks right there. All right, then. Young, boy, I mean, Lord, look what y'all have done to me the last few years. Just aged. Allie, you, st- you look great, babe. You still look great. You aging like, like fine wine. You is beautiful right now. But, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there we are. And this is how the day started, all right? This, I want you to understand, this is how the day started. It started with smiles on our face. We all jump into this, this church van. We drive to Missouri. Right, and so we drive to Missouri. We get to Missouri. Guess thing. The next thing that happens is, is they put you on a bus uh, in the middle of nowhere. And I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, this is fantastic. They start driving us on this windy road, curvy back road. I'm talking dirt road. I'm thinking this is how people die, right? Like this is the place. It's like a horror movie. This is terrible. Like, oh, my gosh. So we're, all, we're in the middle of the woods. We're running up in the middle of, of Missouri. I have no idea where we are. And then next thing you know, they open the bus. They say, there you go. Get out. Y'all get out right now. There's your canoes. We'll see you at the end. And I'm thinking, what? Like, what do you mean? You, this is it? Like, like you just gonna you just gonna just throw us out the door and just say go for it? And uh, yes, they did. That's exactly what they did. And uh, we find we actually made it. Thankfully, we made it down to the end. Not along the way though. Did we happen to have? And I know this is a kayak. All right, I know this ain't no canoe, but we have one of them big old metal canoes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Hollowed out, sucker weighs six and a half tons. You know what I'm talking about? If it gets flipped over. And I remember being in this canoe. And, oh my lord, I'm gonna break this whole thing right now. I think this is bad. Backwards, but we're going to go for it anyway. I remember sitting in this canoe with Allie thinking, okay, I like this girl a whole lot. But guess what? She don't communicate like I communicate, right? She don't paddle like I paddle. She don't go the same direction I go. Like, listen, like, this is difficult. Like, this is a really hard thing. Guess what happened multiple times on the trip? You want to know what happened? Allie jumped ship. She got off the thing like this, started walking in the water, like, not on the water, in the water, pushing the thing because she did, we just had a hard time together, working together, her and Elnette. And I got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking, you know what? That sounds a whole lot like marriage, don't it? 
two people jumping in a ship together, not knowing where they're going, jumping in a kayak or canoe, not knowing where they're going, not knowing how to get there, just somebody throwing you out the door and say, hey, we'll see you at the end. How about you go? Go ahead. And I think what happens is that's how we sometimes approach marriage, sometimes how we approach relationships. And so today, I know you may be in the room like, bro, I'm in college, I ain't married. I get it. I understand that. I do believe, though, that the Lord is going to speak to you today. So really quick, I want to just kind of take a survey of who I'm speaking with today in this service especially. How many of you would say that you're single? Raise your hand. Wave around like you just do care. Okay, and if you don't like, look around. Okay, come on, come on, this is infomercial time. Come on, look around. If you don't like what this service brings, we got two other services, an 8-15 service and an 11-15 service, all right? It's trying to help you out, all right? So you're seeing, how many of y'all are married? Come on, wave at me if that's you, that's you, all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, how many of y'all are engaged? Anybody in the room? Come on, I like it, nice, nice, nice. How many of y'all are happily married in the room? Come on, don't do that, raise, just come on, keep your hands down right now. That was a dangerous question to ask, because if you didn't raise your hand, you in trouble right now, Okay. I don't know where, how many of y'all would say, you know what, I want to be married, but today is just a reminder that I ain't married. Come on, somebody, right? You don't have to raise your hand. I don't know where you might find yourself on this relationship spectrum, but I believe that God's word is very important for us. And God's word has something to say specifically about relationships and specifically about marriage. And so what I want to tell you this, and I want to start off today by saying this, is marriage is not the ultimate goal for a Christ follower. That's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is being like Jesus. So if you're a follower of Jesus, come on, I need you all to help me preach today. Can you help me? About six of us said, can you help me? Yeah, help me preach today. Like, listen to me. Marriage is not the ultimate goal for a Christ follower. Being like Jesus is the ultimate goal. That listen, no matter what season of life you might find yourself in, if you are a follower of Jesus, your job is to do whatever you got to do to make your life look like Jesus. You got to lean into his presence. How, how do we know what Jesus was like? Well, we got to read his word. We got to spend time in some community, people around me that are pushing me towards Jesus. I don't just want to be a hearer of the word. I actually want to do the word. I think, again, you need some people around you that are encouraging you. That's why we just launched off cruise this last Sunday. Right in this last week, we had crews of people meeting, people in similar lifestyles, similar ages, and uh, kind of just different demographics, that we had a place for people to gather around and say, you know what, we're going to chase Jesus together. And so if you're not in a crew, I'm telling you, get in a crew. I promise you it's going to mean something to your life and your walk with Jesus. But listen to me, we got to lean into the Holy Spirit. And I just believe that marriage, yes, is an incredible gift and it's got a purpose, and so does singleness. But don't let any of that trump you being like Jesus. Like that's the goal. That's ultimately it. But I want you to know that God cares about your relationships, and God cares about your marriage. He cares that marriage is something that he mandated, he orchestrated, he constructed between one male and one female, this covenant before God, and God created it, God blessed it, and he has more in store for you and your marriage and your relationships than you can ever ask, think, or imagine, but we got to do it his way. Because this is what I know, our way is not working. All right, if you go and look at statistics, right, stats will tell you that the first marriage, your first marriage, 50% of those marriages end in divorce. And then by the time you get married a second time, the, the, the stats are saying 60 to 70% divorce rate after that. And then you'll, you'll find this kind of alarming, as I did, that the, the fact is, is that people that are living together and cohabitating are far outweighing the number of people that are actually getting married now. 
And I, I want to just throw that out there because I think all of us would understand that we want to do it God's way, right? We want to do relationships God's way, that God has a great plan for your life, for your marriage, and the marriage that you're in currently. And just like this boat, this canoe, this kayak has a, uh, a purpose, and that's kind of to transport something, there is a purpose for our marriages, and I want you to write this down. And I want you to write it. You don't have to be married to be used by God. But listen to me. If you are married, God wants to use your marriage to point people to Jesus. That's the purpose of your marriage. That's the purpose of why we, Allie and I, have a relationship together. Our marriage covenant before God is so that we can point people to Jesus. And this is what I know is that once we got in that canoe and they said, hey, see you later. Have fun. We'll see you down at the end. I think where, uh, what, what direction that that canoe was heading was ultimately where we would find, we would end up at, right? Our destination would be at. And I think it's the same way when it comes to our relationships, right? It's this idea that the direction of your relationship determines the destination of your relationship. And many of us wonder why our marriages are in a terrible place. And maybe it's because we've been aiming in the wrong direction. That we haven't gotten our... <laughs> This is going to be the title of my message. Y'all just going to have to forgive me today. You ready? This was going to be it, but I thought it's not a good idea. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. Can I give it to you? Can you handle it? Purpose Church, can you handle it? Okay, this is what I'm going to tell you today. This is what I really want to title it, but I'm not. Maybe we'll cut this out of the video. I want to say this. Today we're going to get your ship right. I don't know if I can say that or not, but I'm going to help you get it right today. I think there's some things, some practical things that you can do. That you And you got to make sure you enunciate that in church. Come on, somebody. But you can get your relationship right if you do it God's way. And I believe there's a way that you can do that. I'm going to give you four practical paddles is what I'm going to call them today that will help steer you and your relationship in the right direction. Can you handle that? About six of us to say, can you handle that? All right, good, good, good. So I, I want to help you today. The very first thing I think you got to do is this. If you want your relationship to go in the right direction, if you want to right the ship in your life, I think you've got to start with serving. I mean, you've got to start with serving. This right here has got to be, the num- it's got to be one of the things that you've got to be uh, alert of and aware of, that you've got to prioritize serving in your relationship. Genesis chapter 2, verse 20. We just read it. I love the Bible. It says he gave names to all of the livestock, the birds of the sky, all the wild animals. But there was no helper just right for him. There was nobody beside him, right? So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs, closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. This is what I know about Adam, is that Adam was willing to give up of himself in order to follow after what God was going to do in his life. He was willing to give up literally of his physical self in order to have a helpmate beside him. And so my thought is this, is that serving, if you want to do it in your your marriage and your relationship, serving has to be a priority. has to be a priority of you saying, you know what, I'm going to lay my preferences aside and I'm going to put somebody else's first. I'm going to put somebody else first. And again, let's talk about it. This is completely against anything that culture tells us to do in relationships, right? Completely against it. Take care of you, boo-boo. That's what you're supposed to do in relationships. Treat yourself like, okay, when they're not pleasing you, 
It's time to find somebody else. Time to go somewhere else. It's all about me, 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 me. Come on, y'all remember how you used to warm up your vocals and say that? Come on, let's do it together. Me, 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 me. Come on, one more time. Okay, that was, that was terrible, but that's okay. We'll, we'll work on that next week. Me, 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 me. Ah, 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 ah. It's all about me. It's all about my preferences. All about my pleasure. All about my happiness. I'm not going to do that. That's what their job is. That's what they're supposed to do. And I would just tell you that if serving is beneath you, a healthy marriage is beyond you. That if serving is beneath you, a healthy marriage is beyond you. You will never have a healthy marriage unless it's marked by serving. And I'm going to challenge you with that. Mark 10 said this. This is talking about Jesus again. If we want to do and, and, and live a life that's worthy of looking like Jesus, we need to model what Jesus did and watch what the Bible says about Jesus and his humility and his willingness to serve. Mark 10 verse 45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to what? Come on, but to what? Come on, say it with your chest. But to what? Serve, right? And give his life as a ransom for many. Listen to me. I believe we've made our marriages all about me, myself, and I. And it's no wonder they're failing and sinking at an unbelievable rate. It's no wonder. Marriage isn't meant to be comfortable, y'all. Like, like, like marriage isn't comfortable sometimes. Serving isn't comfortable. Marriage is meant to be transformative. Like it's supposed to change you because it's changing the inside of you as well. So what I want you to tell, what I want you to know is that the healthiest marriages are the ones who work the hardest to serve each other. That humility and service should mark every Christian relationship that's out there. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, hey, serving looks good on you. Go ahead. Tap your neighbor, you pick second. Say, you still look good even when you're serving, even though I picked you second. Go ahead. Watch what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, talking about Jesus. It says this. He's telling us, Paul is writing to us, but then watch how he equates it to what Jesus and how he lived his life. He says this, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Watch what he says. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to hold on to or to cling to, but instead, somebody say instead, he gave up his divine privileges, watch what it says, he took a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. I think we ought to stop right there and we ought to praise Jesus for his humility, for his serving, for his willingness to go to the cross for you and I. Come on, can we give him a big shout of praise in here for that? Come on, we thank Jesus that he was willing to do that. And listen to me, are you willing to take second position? Now, I don't mean that as far as like spiritually when it comes to like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put them above God. No, 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 you got to put God first. We'll talk about that in a second. But are you willing to take an L, right? You willing to take a loss? You willing to think, you know what, I'm not going to get my word in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to regard someone else as better than me. Are you willing to do that? That is a good mark of a good, healthy marriage. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, verse 10 says, honor one another. Above yourselves, another version of that says, outdo each other in showing honor. That I would outdo Allie, not as it is a competition, but it kind of is. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to outdo her in showing honor to her. Like, I'm going to love her. I'm going to bless her. I'm going I'm to speak life over her. 
That doesn't mean it's going to be like that every day because we all sin, we all fall short. Come on, this week exactly for Allie and I have been tough for us just personally, relationally. But i got to be willing to say, hey, you know what? Serving. i got to be willing to put her ahead of me, ahead of my needs, ahead of my wants. I dare you to wake up every single day and say, God, give me eyes to see things that I would otherwise look over in my spouse. Give me ears to be able to hear it. Give me a heart to care. And God, if there is something that I can do to serve them, God, please help me to slow down and prioritize my spouse. When you get outside of yourself, watch this. And have eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to care. You are going to find these opportunities to show love to, of Jesus to your spouse by serving them. Listen, marriages are not self-centered. They should be God-centered. And we should recognize that marriage is not unto me. It's not for my glory. It's not for myself. But it is for the glory of God and to be a witness to a lost and dying world of what Jesus has done and of what who he is. Come on, if we believe that today at Purpose Church, can we give God a big shout of praise in this place? You got to start with serving. Start with serving. Okay. Let's see if this will work. It ain't going to, but we're going to try it anyway. Okay, the next thing I want you to write down, next thing I want you to do and have, if you're going to write the ship of your relationship, is that you got to have some healthy communication. Come on, somebody. Come on, you got to you got to have some healthy communication. Come on, this is going to help you guide your relationship. It's going to help you get down the river of your relationship. It's going to be healthy communication. Watch what the Bible says. I love it so much. It says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 23, it says that at last the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called, whoa, man. Come on, so I got to read it like that every time I see it, all right? Because she was taken from man. I like that Adam is talking his talk. I like that Adam is communicating. And I think it's amazing to me that we can work on communication in every area of our life and yet neglect it in our own families. And I am the guiltiest one of all. If I can be honest, I'll stay in front of you for 40 minutes on a Sunday and yet guess what? What happens is, is that I have a hard time even sometimes communicating with my family. And I, I want you to know, here's a fact that you can write down. You can just internalize for a second. The average woman speaks 30,000 words a day compared to the average man speaking 15,000 words a day. Husbands, this is not the time for you to say amen. Come on, all right? Not the time. Not the time, okay? But I want you to see something. Out of all of those words, did you know the average couple spends four minutes a day in communication? Four minutes. And I just got to be honest, that is, that's probably accurate. It's probably accurate. And guess what? That's not okay. If we want to have some good marriages, if we want to have some relationships that are healthy, that are moving towards Jesus, listen, you got to have some healthy communication. See, nothing has the potential to wreck more relationships than our words or the lack thereof. Right? And so I'm just going to tell you, Proverbs 18.21 says this, The tongue can bring life or death. Right, that your words have the ability to bring life or death. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Then Ephesians 4.29 says this, don't let foul or abusive language, don't, don't use any of that, but let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Come on, can that be said of yours and my relationship? Can that be said of our marriages? Can that be said of us? And I just want to tell you, I think you got to do a good job of watching your mouth. Come on, somebody, right? Tap your neighbor. Say, watch your mouth. Come on, tap your neighbor. You pick second. Say, I'm going to tell you too, you better watch your mouth. 
Watch your mouth. You got to watch your mouth. Listen to me. Listen to me. Words will create the world and relationships that are around you. They'll create it. Relationship has good words, healthy communication attached to it. I'm going to give you something. It's not even going to be on the board, not even going to be on the screen, but I want you to internalize it this week. You ready for it? About six of us said, you ready for it? All right, here's the deal. Just because it came to your head does not mean it needs to come out of your mouth. Just telling you. Just telling you. That's going to help you. To, if you if you say, okay, hey, just because you thought it, don't mean you got to say it. Okay? There's some filters that need to, you need to run through if you're going to have some healthy communication. You ready? How, how, do I say it? Do I say it now? And how's my tone? Because if I just told Allie, yeah, I love you. What's that mean? Don't mean nothing. Your tone is important. Should I say it? Should I say it now? How's my tone? Great filters for healthy communication. Okay, then I'm going to keep just going on. Some other things that you should do in relationships, whether you are married or not. Listen to me. Never call names. Ne- never raise your voice. Never get historical. Well, you used to always do this. I remember when we was dating, you'd... Come on. Never get historical. Never say always or never. Right? Never do that. Never get in divorce. And then this, I probably think, is the most important one on the list. Never quote your pastor during a fight. Come on, that's just the number one. Just never do that. Don't want Dustin to be a cuss word in your house, all right? But I'll just tell you, it's impossible to have healthy, good, fruitful relationships and have terrible words that you speak. So I'm going to challenge you today. Understand this, the Bible says, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And listen, if we're going to have some healthy communication, honestly, Allie doesn't need very much from me. She needs me sometimes just to stop. Stop. Just stop. Right? She needs me to stop. Just settle down a little bit. Look me in the eyes. Even if it's for four minutes, that you're going to sit down and you're going to look me in the face and we're going to have a little bit of a conversation. And healthy communication, listen, I, I think sometimes I'm so foolish to think that I, we can just keep running like ships in the night passing each other and never have healthy communication. But watch what the Bible says. If I'm always trying to get my word in. If I'm always trying to say my own opinion, look what the Bible tells us about that. Romans 18.2, or Romans, wow, Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinion. And I got to telling, I got to thinking about that. How many times am I foolish in our marriage? Where all I got to do is get my word in. All I got to do is get my, I'm going to get that last jab in. And I'm going to just challenge you today. Let's begin to have some healthy communication. Let's serve, have some healthy communication. Everybody good? Everybody okay? Everybody feeling good? This side is, are y'all okay? Everybody okay? Just checking on you. I'll just make sure. Everybody good? Okay, cool, cool, cool. The next one is this. I want you to write it down. It's intimacy. You want, you, want a, you want a healthy marriage, you want a healthy relationship, it's going to be marked by serving, it's going to be marked by healthy communication, and the paddle is going to keep the boat rolling, it's going to be some intimacy, okay? And I, I want to just clarify something, I love what the Bible has to say, that's what it says, verse 24, this explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united as one, now the man and his wife were both naked, like I said, that's how we say it in the south, come on. 
naked, but they, watch this. This is the thing I think is the intimate part of it. They felt no shame. That there was no shame there. Listen to me. So you know what intimacy means? They had intimacy with God. They had intimacy with each other. Intimacy means to know and to feel known. That's what intimacy is. A lot of that that can be marked by healthy communication. If you're communicating with each other. And listen to me really quick. Intimacy does does include sex, but is not limited to that only. I'm going to clarify. Listen, sex makes babies, not relationships. Can we talk like this in church for just a second? I'm sorry. Like, the world is talking about it. I would love for us to look at what the Bible has to say about it. They were naked and they knew no shame. There was this intimacy that was there. There was this, I know you, I see you, you are loved, you are valued, you are known. That's intimacy. If you want some hot intimacy in your marriage, here's what it is. H-O-T, hot. Honest, open, transparent. It's called vulnerability. And I'm going to be, there's not one person in all of the earth that knows me like that woman knows me. There's not one person that sees me when I'm at my lowest, my greatest, my heights, my lows, the stuff I struggle with, the things I haven't overcome yet, the things I have overcome, the, the, the good days, the bad days. There is this intimacy that we share of knowing. And, and, and again, sometimes we, we lack intimacy because of the fact that, guess what, we haven't communicated. If you want to help steer the ship of your life, if you want to right the ship that's there, listen to me. Intimacy is important. Honesty, openness, transparency. You want some hot intimacy in your marriage? Do those three things. No secrets. No shame. No hiding. That's intimacy. That's intimacy. Now I just want to challenge you today that, there, there, that you would pursue intimacy with your spouse. Maybe you're in this room and you say, you know what, I don't... I don't have that anymore. I used to have it when we were first dating. don't have it anymore. That could never happen to me. That could never happen with our marriage. And I would just tell you today, listen, I would just tell you that you may think it's impossible, but we serve the God of the impossible. We serve the God that can over, overcome any obstacle. And no, no wall is too tall or too thick or too wide or too low or whatever for God to do something incredible. But it's going to start with this last thing that I'll tell you about. If you want to right the ship of your marriage, if you want to right the ship of your relationship, I want to just challenge you again. Intimacy is going to happen in that marriage when you're willing to communicate, when you're willing to serve. The last thing I think is going to happen, if you're willing to do it, if you're willing to allow your life, your spouse, yourself, your marriage to do, there it goes, is to pursue Jesus. This right here, is that you would pursue Jesus. And I don't know if y'all was you're smelling what I'm stepping in, but did you see what I did with those letters? Come on, somebody. S, serve. H, healthy communication. I, intimacy. P, pursue Jesus. We're going to get your ship right. Come on, somebody. Ship, you see that right there? Okay, worked really hard on that all week long just to bring that to you, all right? But this right here is the most important thing that you can do. You want to know what you can do, man, my, my relationship is struggling, pursue Jesus. Man, we're struggling to have any sort of intimacy, pursue Jesus. Man, I'm struggling to have communication with my wife, 
Sir, would you pursue Jesus? Would you do that? Sprint towards Jesus with everything that you've got, as hard as you can, and watch as you do that. I just believe that as you pursue Jesus, what will begin to happen is if both of you will say, you know what, I, I, I am willing to go after Jesus with you, that he will change your souls and your relationship, and he'll lead you to a better and a new way. And I just got to tell you that Jesus is willing to come into anything that he's invited into. So if, you, if you're lacking that in your marriage, won't you invite him into it today? If you're lacking that in your life, won't you invite him into it today? Maybe you've been looking for all of this in relationships, but you can't seem to find it. Well, guess what? There is a God that loves you so much and that wants a relationship with you. And he gave his life for you. And if you would be willing to open your life up and say, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you in my marriage. I need you in my house. I'm going to do what Matthew 6.33 says. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God. Then all this stuff will be added. Then all that stuff will fall in line. And I just want to just encourage you today. Would we be a church that goes after the presence of God? That listen, the devil is coming after our marriages and our relationship. But would we be people of saying, you know what? We're going to pursue Jesus together. That this is going to be a house of worship. It's going to be a house of praise. I'm going to get in unity with other people. I'm going to do life with other people. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to ask some other people to speak into my life. Would you be willing to do that? And I just believe as you begin to serve, as you have healthy communication, you have some intimacy, but most importantly, you pursue Jesus, man, the direction your ship is going, it's a good one. It's a good one. So I just want to ask in this room, if you don't mind, would you stand to your feet? As quietly as you can, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to begin to ask you. The Bible tells us in Psalm 127 that unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders are wasted. So maybe you're in this room and you've been trying to build your life on everything else. You've been trying to build your relationship on everything else. But today you're just realizing, hey, i got to build my relationship on Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I need Jesus to save me. I want you to understand that all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus came. We've all messed up. Born into this thing called sin. No wonder our relationships are complicated because it's, it's people that, are, that have been born into sin. But Jesus came to, to, to give us life. Came to forgive us of our sins. Died in my spot and your spot. So maybe you're here and you've never recognized that. You've never said yes to what Jesus did. And today's that day that you want to give your life to Jesus. Here's my question for you. What are you waiting on? What are you waiting on today? Would you give your life to him today? He's already done all of the work. And Jesus is here saying to you and I, he's wanting you to come into a relationship with him. He's drawing you to himself. So maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. The Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and you would believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So here's what I want to do. I want to just lead you in a prayer of, of really just confession. It doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you to mean it in your heart. You can say something like it. You can say it word for word, but I want you to mean it. If you want to give your life to Jesus today, would you say something like this? Dear Jesus, I recognize what you've done on the cross for me. I realize that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I put my trust in you today. You have done all of the work. I'm resting in that. 
and I'm believing that you died for me. That they put you in a tomb, but it was only borrowed because three days later, I believe that you got out of the grave. I put my trust in you today. Would you save me today? Be the Lord of my life today. In Jesus' name I pray. And maybe you're here. Maybe you're in this place and you just prayed that. Or maybe you're watching online. You prayed that or something like it. I just want to encourage you that that decision that you made of recognizing Jesus, saving you and needing salvation is the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. And we want to be a church that celebrates that with you. It's all across this room. Everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to ask you to do something. If you just pray to receive Jesus. We've had nine people give their heart to Jesus over the last three weeks. Jesus saved nine people. And maybe there's more in this room that just happened just now. And if that's you and you say, hey, I just, I just asked Jesus to save my life and save me for eternity. If that's you, I want you to wave your hand in the air and wave it like you just do care. So you can, if that's you and you said, hey, I just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, come on. Once you wave your hand in the air like you just do care. You can raise it in the air. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else say, hey, that's me. Awesome. Awesome. You can put your hands down now. I just want to let you know that that's the, the, one of the greatest things I just believe that can ever happen in your life is coming into a relationship with Jesus. And we want to be a church that walks alongside of you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. You just raised your hand. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. You may be in the middle of an aisle. You may be at the end of an aisle. But would you grab the person's hand next to you? And would you say, hey, I, would you go with me? Because I'm going to ask you to do something even crazier. I'm going to ask you to come down to either side of our platform. we got people on either side that would love to host you, love to just you to let them know that, hey, I made that decision to follow Jesus today, and we want to help you in this next step and what you got coming up next. So once you grab that person's hand, everybody in this room has got their heads bowed, eyes closed, but I'm asking you to take a step. You say, hey, I, I need you to go with me. I just gave my life to Jesus. Would you do that? Give you a chance to do that. And here's my thing, too that in just a second we're going to worship this song called The One I Love and I'm going to ask that everybody in this room that is married, that maybe you're engaged, maybe you're in a relationship, maybe you're single, I don't know what relationship status you may have, but that you would be a person that says, you know what I, I, I'm going to pursue Jesus and we're going to open up this altar in just a second and the, an altar, what that is, that's, that's kind of a wild word, kind of a churchy word but what, that, what that's a word saying is that I'm willing to lay something down so that, that I, can, I can pursue Jesus even more. If there's something maybe in your life, maybe, maybe you're just praying for the future of your family. Maybe you're praying for your, your husband, your wife. Um, I, I would just, husband, be the leader of, this, the, of your house. and Grab your wife's hand and march her right down the thing. And this might be the craziest thing that you've done all week, all year. But once you grab your wife's hand and begin to march, just march down here together. And once you begin to just kneel before God, pursuing God together and pray together, in this place in just a second. Again, we're just going to open up the altar. You don't have to be married. You don't have to have a relationship. Wherever you might find yourself, if you need to pursue Jesus, this is just a, a symbolism of laying something down at the feet of Jesus. we got even some people up here that can help pray with you as well. And so why don't we do this, Purpose Church? Can we just raise our hands towards heaven and just pray together? God, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for today. God, I pray that right now, before I even say amen, that people will be getting out of their seat to pray together today, God. I pray that there would just be a spirit of, of, of just pursuing you in this place today, God. And we love you. Thank you for giving yourself for us. Thank you for dying for us. Jesus, we honor you. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Come on, let's worship. The altar is open.